All right, Emily, I've got one word for you. Penguins. <laughs> I was reading that in the outline and I was so confused. Penguins. <laughs> but I'm, I'm ready to hear about the penguins. That's my pitch. Nothing Matt said matters. I've got penguins. Welcome to Takeoff, podcast by 10X Travel. I'm your host, Bryce Conway, and today on the show, you've got Emily, Matt, and Travis. Aloha, because today's Destination Spotlight is Hawaii. We picked Hawaii as our destination. We're going to go deep on it. We're going to talk about the best ways to fly there, what cards and points to open and earn, to earn the points that you need to book it, the best hotels to redeem your points for, our experiences traveling to Hawaii, and more. But before we jump into that, how's everyone doing? All good here. Very festive. I'm doing great. I'm rocking my Hawaii shirt and I feel like I'm living in a real world taping of Wheel of Fortune at the moment where you're about to like come out from behind the thing and be like, and this is Hawaii week on the takeoff podcast. You know, oh, like how did he know already? Blew the surprise, yeah, man. Exactly, All right, everyone. Exactly. Cancel the surprise. So, you know, yeah. really, we need to just cancel it. Why are we not in Hawaii while recording yeah, this? We, we really missed on that one. Yeah. And we got some good video editing folks. Maybe they could put us in Hawaii. Um, drop a green yeah. screen, drop the green screen in behind each of us. Yes. This would be I'm more just fun. Dis- I'm just disappointed that nobody zinked up their nose for this to really get into the, oh, into this, the aloha spirit. I mean, oh. you could have done it just as much as the rest of us. Yeah, I've got my pineapples on, this. Travis. Where your, where's your is, aloha spirit? This is bright and colorful. That's Hawaii-ish. That works for probably me. Probably not a word. I think I just invented a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so we today... We mentioned we're talking about Hawaii, our destination spotlight, and we chose it for a number of reasons, but mainly because it's an incredibly popular destination for lots of different types of travelers. Hawaii is great for families. Hawaii is great for honeymooners. It's great for solo travelers. It's great for budget travelers. It's uh, great for bougie, luxurious travelers. Hawaii has what you're looking for. So this episode is going to be a great way to set goals and start on execution of your points and miles journey, especially if you have your sights set on a trip to Hawaii. Who here on the podcast has been to Hawaii before? Okay. By a show of hands, for those of you on audio only. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Travis is raising his hand. I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, Matt's been to... I've been. Uh, Emily, you have not? I am the only one. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm just going to learn a lot from this episode, and then uh, maybe I'll book a trip to Hawaii. Well, I was going to say, based on previous episodes where you hadn't flown business class, and now you have... You haven't been to Hawaii, so uh, I expect a confirmation number email here in the next week or two for your trip. <laughs> By the time this one gets released, maybe I'll be back from my Hawaii trip. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how many times have you been to Hawaii? When did you go? I've been three times, and I have the fun uh, statistic to where we stayed at the same hotel on each trip. People probably think I'm crazy. I'm not. We first went in 2019, then we went in 2021, and they also went earlier this year in 23. And we didn't ever really plan for it to become a biennial trip, but it obviously sort of has become one now. So it won't be too much longer until we have to start planning our 2025 trip. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, I believe that every time you've gone to this hotel, you've told your wife afterward, we're never going to be able to go back there on points and miles because like the price is changing. Yet you've done it three times. So correct be a fourth. I'm not, I'm Probably not, but I will hope to surprise myself. Every time we book it, they raise it in the category, and I'm trying not to take that personally. And you keep coming back. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Travis, how about you? How many times? When? I've been once, but actually prepping for this has made me consider doing it between Christmas and New Year's for a second trip. Maria, my wife, said that she wanted to go somewhere in that break, and I've been trying to figure it out, and surprisingly... Three to four months out, there's not a ton of award availability anywhere So uh, for flights. So Hawaii is looking like a strong candidate. Three or four months out and the week after Christmas. Yeah. Yes. The week, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're looking to leave like maybe Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So <laughs> I might be flying economy, which... Uh, oh. Well, it's shocker. Hawaii was actually my first full points redemption. Oh, really? really? It really was. It was not the Maldives. No, I think we had our Maldives booked, but this was uh, um, our celebration for my wife's, uh, for Maria's graduation from law school after she took the bar exam. It was her her little post-bar break. So yeah, nice. the, yeah. Hawaii was, uh, I just remembered that. Yeah, flights, hotel, everything, all on points. Well, good luck with this year, though. I, I will say one of the most notoriously hard award trips to do is Hawaii between... 
yeah, like holidays, right? Christmas and New Year's or like spring break. So I feel like from Christmas to kind of Martin Luther King weekend in January is like peak, peak Hawaii and then spring break. Yeah, but it's like, it's tolerable to do an economy. So if I have to versus flying to Europe or somewhere else, especially if I just go Houston to West Coast to Hawaii. That's what's different from you and me. Europe is closer to me than Hawaii. That's so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the uh, the premium economy trip report from Travis this time that you've been talking about. In theory, you're willing to take a step back. <laughs> Maybe. So I was talking to Matt beforehand, and the place that's really on our radar is Japan. We canceled a trip in 2020, rebooked it for 2021, rebooked it for 2022, and here we are. So we've really been wanting to go, and of course. Like I said, award availability slim, but I have found premium economy availability there. So that might happen. And it's from DC. So it's it's a long premium economy. It's like 13 and a half hours. You got to go backwards to go forwards. For yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> Way backwards. Um, but it's a daytime flight, right? It leaves at noon and lands at four in the afternoon. I mean, daytime, it's 13 hours. It's still a long flight, but I'm evaluating all of my options and hoping something else just pops up. (laughs) I hope that the trip happens. And if it happens in economy and you end up writing a review for it on the site, it's going to be like those videos where like high-end chefs have to try fast food. (laughs) And they're going to be like, describe it for us, you know, go into great detail. Well, you know, I have only flown economy to Hawaii, so it would be consistent for me. There we go. And I myself, I've been to Hawaii twice. I went there for my honeymoon in 2014. Wow, I'm getting old. And then I was also in Hawaii, like as COVID was coming onto the scene and things are all shutting down. And that was, that was fun. We might talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But for Matt, Travis, you've been there multiple times. Have you visited different islands? Do you have a favorite? You know, what would you suggest to folks who ask the usual first question about Hawaii? Which island should I go to? I've been to the Big Island three times. That's our favorite island. We went to Oahu one time and Kauai one time. For me, the Big Island is is a no-brainer. There's no high-rises. The beaches, are, to me, are like proper clear blue water beaches with white sand. I know some some other islands have that too, but there are a lot of those on the, the Big Island. And it's just, I mean, it's so big and spread out that you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. We've not been to the Big Island because we've only been once. <laughs> uh, but we did Maui. And I was a huge fan. It was so diverse in what you can do, whether you do want a nice beach, nice scuba diving, or black sand beach, red sand beach, kind of hiking to see waterfalls, which I'm sure you can do on other islands, but it it just really felt like I truly meant that like, by the way, that I was I was gonna use it mm-hmm. to form uh, <laughs> a simile, I think. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. The chemist, the chemistry guy is using these, these language words better watch out. <laughs> I, I truly think that it has something for, for everyone there. I'm sure all the other ones do as well. I just haven't been to those. Our, com- our goal in our 25 trip is to do Maui so that we can say we've completed all of them except for, I forget which the other Island is, but it's the, essentially the private Island that Larry Ellison owns like 98% yeah. of it or something like that. But Oh, well. I wonder who owns the other 2%. That's interesting. I've been a couple of times. I've, I've been to Oahu, which I did not particularly care for. I guess if you get outside of Honolulu, it's fine. But in Honolulu, just, I don't know, wasn't a fan. Very dense, commercialized environment. It almost feels like they took like the Las Vegas Strip and dropped it in Hawaii. Didn't love it. Ooh, I've someone's also been to Maui. roasted. Oh, sorry to all the readers <laughs> who are like on Oahu, especially <laughs> if you chose me in the like game. I just double burned you. I think... F- Bryce five to 10 years ago saying it's like Vegas would take that as a compliment. That's true. I'd be like, where do I, yeah, where do I sign up? (laughs) I'll go. And I've been to Maui and I completely agree with what Travis said. And and I hear that a lot about Maui. It seems like the, it's got a little bit of everything that you like in Hawaii. It's got, Hey, that was a like that wasn't a filler word. Still drink though. It's got a little bit of everything. So you have like the mega resorts on the South side of the Island, like the giant main brands that you're used to beautiful new hotels. You have the other side of the Island where you have like Hana. It's very remote, lush, not a lot of people around. It's just, it's got it all. I'm a big fan. And then Kauai also loved, very just beautiful. They call it the Garden Island. It's the Grand Hyatt there is reason alone to go to that island, but I would certainly return to Kauai and Maui anytime. Oahu, not so much. 
But for the listeners out there who are planning your Hawaii trip, moving beyond island choice, let's talk about airports. There are five major airports to fly into to get to Hawaii. Now, many of these flights are going to ultimately go through Honolulu Airport anyway. It's relatively easy to fly between the islands, relatively inexpensive, many carriers who do it. But there are those five major airports to choose from. This gives you flexibility and also means that you have choices to make about which island to visit and how you get there. So let's talk about some of those best ways to get there. Best ways to fly to Hawaii. To fly nonstop between the U.S. and Hawaii, there are currently 27 cities that you could depart from on seven different airlines. Now, a quick note to those of you who've listened to our past episode on partner bookings. Yes, there are seven different airlines that fly there, but that does not mean that there are seven different point programs. You can do partner bookings with many of these airlines. So there's a lot of ways to use your points, which means that there are plenty of opportunities to find award fares as well. Traveling to Hawaii can be interesting because of how far the journey can be for East Coast travelers or Texas travelers who have to go to Washington, D.C. first. Like Travis, emphasis on like, <laughs> Hawaii is really, it's, it's a totally different approach for those of you from the West Coast, where Hawaii is a relatively short hop. You could almost do a weekend trip. And then those of us from the east side of the United States, where, as Matt so eloquently put it, Hawaii is farther than Europe uh, and seemingly gets farther every year I get older. So it's kind of a, a, a certainly more attractive choice to our readers who are on the West Coast, but it's something that most of our readers, at least from my experience that I talk to, are interested in going to Hawaii at one point. I think that Hawaii, and of course I'm biased, if you're new to Points and Miles and you're looking for kind of that first place to go, it's such a great place to make your first Points and Miles trip. It's First of all, it's in the U.S., so if you haven't traveled outside of the U.S., you don't have a passport, you don't have to worry about that. You've got a ton of hotels, ton of flight options, so it can be easy to put the trip together unless you're maybe looking around super peak holiday times like I am right now. And it's it's one of those places that for a lot of people really is a like, <laughs> see, now I'm going to think about yep. it every time I yep. say it. <laughs> it's one of those places that for many people is viewed as a once in a lifetime destination. It's viewed as something, this really spectacular place to go. And for good reason, because it is. I can't but, tell you how many times over the years, people will always say, Hawaii is just such a dream destination, not even points and miles, just people as a travel destination. Yeah. And I, I think we, myself, I'm guilty of this, of often overlooking it as an option because it's technically a domestic trip. But that's what makes it such a good first redemption is because it is a domestic trip. So many airlines you're familiar with already fly there. There's so many ways to book it, so many hotels to stay at. And it is just a truly, I don't want to say magical, but we'll use magical for lack of my brain to come up with anything better right now. Place to go that will really hook you. Yeah, I want, I want to ask Emily, I know you mentioned you haven't been to Hawaii, but is it on your list? Is it in the top five? How do you think about Hawaii? I mean, I think Travis kind of makes a good point that I've definitely overlooked it because I think of it the same way, like a domestic trip. And I'm always like, where do my points take me? How far can I go? And if I mean, it's not as far for me now that I'm in Denver, but being on the East Coast, I mean, 10 hours is that's far. <laughs> that's something that that I should do. And I think after listening to you all talk about it, it's definitely rising in the ranks. So we'll have to see if I can make my way out there at some point, probably next year. Awesome. Yeah. So Hawaii is, is certainly far. So those of you, again, from the east side of the country, you might want to look into premium cabin redemptions, business class, first class. If you're from the western side of the country, economy might be okay. Or again, Travis, making an exception here, economy is going to be okay from Texas. But one thing you do want to look out for with Hawaii, and I see this all the time and engage with our readers, is you want to look at what type of business or first class experience you're booking, because there can be a very wide range of these. Uh, flying to the island of Hawaii. I know Matt, for example, flew Hawaiian Airlines, right? Orlando to Honolulu. That was the live flat product. Am I right? Yep. 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 And then I've, I've flown in, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, first class on Hawaiian Airlines from the mainland to and from Hawaii. And that is effectively like an angle flat seat, domestic first class, not a wonderful experience. So these, these two things are not at all the same, but are both marked as first class. So you do want to look out for that. And I will also say that in my experience, Hawaii, most people expect that there's going to be a lot of really nice premium products that fly to and from Hawaii. And there really isn't. There's fewer than you would think. So be aware that in some cases, depending on your home airport or your desired routing, even if you have all the points or money in the world, there's just simply not a plane that flies that route that has a lie flat seat. And, so and the ones that do are 
oftentimes going to cost a fortune because demand is so high. And so the, the points cost for that, except if, if you have just insane flexibility will be expensive points wise. I always chuckle when I hear things like that. Cause it's like, yes, demand is so high and that's partly our fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but hey, if, everyone, if, <laughs> here's if, how to do Hawaii. And oh, by the way, prices went up cause you're all doing Hawaii now. <laughs> but you should just trust me. If I'm telling you that I'm willing to make the journey in economy, then it's okay. That's a lot coming from me. Permission granted <laughs> from Travis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of our favorite ways to book flights to Hawaii. What kind of points you need to pay for it? Matt, I kind of teed you up first with your, your sure. recent trip to Hawaii, but what's your favorite way to fly the points? My favorite way is probably on the United domestic Polaris product, just because the seat is so comfortable in terms of the actual hard product and flying. But the actual best booking option I love is the... It's hard to find, but you can find Hawaiian first class for 40,000 points per person each way. And they fly, I don't even know, probably 20 different cities in the US. So a number of different routes. And they do a mixture of angle flat and lay flat. So you want to make sure you're on a one that has the lay flat. But 40K per person each way is a pretty good deal on a probably eight to 10 hour flight, depending on where from the East Coast you're flying or even Austin or Chicago or something like that. It's still probably eight or nine hours from there. I've done it from round trip from Orlando to Honolulu. And that flight has since been discontinued. But I also took it back on our last trip earlier this year from Honolulu to Austin. And we transferred 40,000 points from American Express membership rewards and hard to beat, but also really hard to find. Yep. Travis, how about you? I love in my one experience having flown Delta. Now, Delta flies from a lot of places to from on the West Coast. Um, but they also fly from Salt Lake City is a nice option that is often overlooked into Honolulu. I believe out of Seattle and of course quite a few places from the West Coast as well. From Salt Lake City, if you use Delta Miles, the Delta Sky Miles economy would be about fifty thousand, but you can use either Virgin Atlantic or Flying Blue for 15,000 miles each way per person in economy. It's a really nice deal. Both Virgin Atlantic and Flying Blue are transfer partners of every bank, I believe. Someone can fact check me. Flying Blue is for sure of City, Chase, Amex, Capital One, Built. Virgin Atlantic, I believe, is as well. Maybe not City, but point is that no matter what flexible points you have, you can get them in a one of these programs where you can book for 15,000 miles on Delta in economy. Is that what you're you're trying to book for your trip? No, I tried to book Hawaiian Airlines and it was 100K in economy. Thank you. (laughs) But but only 130K in first. No, they didn't have any first. Oh, no, none available. Okay, that's the first. first. Yeah, that's the non-saver rate is 130 for the first. Yeah, please don't pay that. Emily, how about you? Any hypothetical favorite ways to fly to Hawaii on points? I haven't booked it myself, but I did book this for a couple uh, of people through the award booking service. So I've booked it, but I haven't actually been there. (laughs) But one of the most incredible ways to fly to Hawaii and, and a good sweet spot is using Turkish miles and smiles to fly on United Economy on a saver fare. You can fly for for 7,500 miles per person each way, which is, I think, probably the cheapest you could do it out of any, any airline, any other than airline. A, other than a fare sale that yeah. pops up rarely, but yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So this one, it's amazing, but it's also notoriously difficult to use. So the Turkish Airlines website is not very user-friendly. It's pretty hard to find this fare through their website. So usually what I'll do is start on the United website, and then you can kind of use their calendar view to locate a saver fare and then they're looking to charge you around 25,000 points per person each way and that's their cheapest rate but then you can find that and book that exact same fare through Turkish miles miles for 7500 so if you can if you can do that and if you can handle making a phone call and talking to Turkish Airlines on the phone, then you'll be good to go. The one tricky thing about it is that the only points that transfer to Turkish are from city. So you're kind of a little narrow in that that sense where you can really only use one type of transferable point currencies. But if you can do it, it's it's a really great way to to get to Hawaii. Yeah. And then for for me, 
I, I would mention Southwest all day because you can use the companion pass. Really, it would be difficult to get more value out of companion pass anywhere else that Southwest flies other than Hawaii. Now, with Southwest flying to Hawaii, there is a bit of a wrench in the system, and that is that you have to book two separate itineraries. Like for me, I, my home base is Columbus, Ohio. If I go to Southwest website and I search Columbus to Hawaii, it, nothing's going to come up. I have to book one reservation from Columbus to some West Coast city. I usually do like the Bay Area, Oakland, and then a separate reservation from Oakland to any of the number of Hawaiian airports that Southwest flies to. So I end up usually spending a night in the Bay or sometimes extend that for a couple of days, use some free hotel certificates and just hang out for a bit. But the ability to get effectively buy one, get one free on Southwest, not paying for check bags, you know, those are all big things for me as a, as a, a dad with three kids who's usually traveling there with more stuff than I thought that we owned. Well, uh, there's companion pass. Sorry. I think no, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> so did there's, I. <laughs> yeah. There, there's also the, the nice thing is if you're, we'll say Texas over that going to the West coast really breaks it up. Like there's a really big difference between a three to four hour flight. I mean, if you're in New York or something, it's longer to get to California, but there's, there's a really big difference between a three to four hour flight to the West coast and then a five, five and a half hour flight to Hawaii than a single nine hour flight. I liked breaking it up in Salt Lake City because it worked out the same. And I did want to add one clarification for Turkish. There's now built as well. There built, we go. Yeah. So if you've, if you've got built points, those can transfer to Turkish as well. But I don't think any of us have built points. So we tend to, to forget it sometimes. Yeah. And I know those are just some of the ways that we've all been. Well, I haven't been yet, but you can book to Hawaii. But I think we have an article on it, too, that that outlines a few more ways that are some good options. So we can we can look that in the show notes. Yeah. I also feel like we should give a quick shout out to booking that with British Airways. If you can find flights on American Airlines Metal from the West Coast to Hawaii, you can book Alaska. through British Airways. Oh, yeah. In Alaska. I think the lowest price is like ninety five hundred. Avios each way, Avios, right? We got that each way, which is a little bit more than you'd get from the Turkish uh, redemption that Emily had mentioned, but also a great option if you can find a word space. And given how many transfer partners British Airways has with banks, there's almost always a transfer bonus between one of them. So you can kind of stretch your miles further. In, I haven't indeed, checked that yet. Maybe I need to check that. <laughs> Travis is going to be pulling up another window here during the podcast. Like, ooh, what do we got here? Uh, now, there's two uh, important things from everyone's description that I want to particularly point out are descriptions of the best ways to fly to Hawaii with points. The first is that no one here mentioned using a travel portal or booking through a travel portal. Sure, there are some situations where that might make sense for booking a trip to Hawaii. You can find some fares that are relatively cheap from a cash perspective, making them an okay choice for a travel portal. But there's just so many different ways to book partner awards and other award flights to Hawaii that your travel portal is probably not going to be your best bet. Actually, as we're kind of going through here and, and listening to everyone describe this, it feels like Hawaii is almost like the perfect semi-beginner points and miles enthusiast goal to learn all the different uh, ways to use partner awards because there's a ton of different options to search. It's airlines that are familiar to you and there's so many different ways to earn points that are going to ultimately get you to Hawaii. So even if you're not going to Hawaii, if you're just kind of doing a mental exercise, I would encourage you try to run some sample searches, book a sample trip to Hawaii just to kind of see how you do it. Because by doing that, you're going to make it easier to go on these more complex trips later. Second thing I noticed, no one's choice, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but no one's choice was as simple as like use American Airlines miles to book American Airlines flight. Sure, you can do that for flying to Hawaii or anywhere else in the world, but that's not going to be your best move in going to Hawaii in particular. Uh, so it does require that extra layer of complexity. Those are partner award bookings. They can be a little bit complicated. We, of course, can help you with that with our material and our award booking service. But I want to emphasize again, practice, just run a few sample searches. You're going to learn it in the process of kind of exploring Hawaii. And if you're having trouble wrapping your head around it, take a listen to episode five of the podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of airline alliances. Now, for those of you here who have actually flown some of these routings, how was your experience? What did you like and not like? How was the soft product and hard product, as we say in our industry? And would you fly it again? Let's start with Matt, if we could. So I've done pretty much the premium cabot gamut to Hawaii. I've done American Airlines Domestic First on their 777 from Dallas to Honolulu. I've done Delta Domestic First, which was just angle flat, unfortunately, from Kona to Seattle on part of our journey back. I've done Hawaiian uh, Domestic First from Orlando to Honolulu, Honolulu back to Orlando, and then also Honolulu to Austin. 
I would say Hawaiian was good. They are launching a new product late next year that looks to be much better for their premium cabins. So when that gets released next year, you should definitely look to try and book that. The, their current one is good, but it's not. It's lay flat, which is nice. But I feel bad complaining on it because you are laying flat for a eight to 10 hour flight, but it could be better, which they are announcing an improvement. And yes, Hawaiian does not have Wi-Fi yet. They, however, have announced that they are doing Starlink for their in-flight Wi-Fi, but I, the start date keeps getting rolled back. So I'm not really quite sure when that's going to be, but it's supposed to be. I think they initially announced in 23, but I think it got pushed back to 24 or 25. But that will be awesome when that's the case because eight to 10 hours without in-flight Wi-Fi is a long way to go. I feel like they should just own that though for their brand. Like, you know, island well, time starts when you get on the plane, like put away your work computer. You don't need Wi-Fi. Let's just chill. Their rationale for it is because they've claimed that there's not been a single service provider that can provide a good enough experience for their planes for their entire flight over the ocean, which right. <laughs> may or may not be true, but I've had a lot of good Wi-Fi on flights to Europe and that goes over an ocean. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, once Starlink gets launched, that should be cool, especially combined with the new cabin. So be on the lookout for that. And then I've done domestic Polaris from uh, Chicago to Honolulu. And that was fantastic. Polaris is quickly becoming one of my favorite business, domestic business class products for sure, uh, or domestic carrier products. And it's definitely up there. The only issue with that I, Bryce kind of hinted at earlier in the episode was that with pretty much all carriers, this is a domestic flight. Even though from the East Coast, it's eight, nine, 10 hours, depending on where you're flying from. The catering is domestic. The catering is not the same kind of nice in-flight meals and stuff you would get when you're going to Europe, which is always just ironic to me because I can get to London in six hours, but I can get to Honolulu in nine hours. So it's longer, but the in-flight amenities, service, uh, food, drinks, all that is way better on the shorter flight to London than it is to Hawaii. So I really wish one carrier would decide to just kind of step up to the plate and own that, hey, we're going to make Hawaii a luxury, relatively luxurious route. I think that would be smart for some of them. So maybe one of them can step up to the plate. Awesome. Travis, how about you? Yeah, if I haven't said it enough, um, I flew economy on Delta and I wouldn't hesitate to do it again, especially out of Salt Lake at the time. And this was a few years ago, but it was a 767, which in economy is a, I think they do a 242 layout. So since it was just the two of us, you know, we just had two seats by ourselves, didn't have to worry about Someone sitting in the middle, still got the window, just like really nice and convenient way to do it. Definitely wouldn't hesitate to to do it again. In fact, I might look for that right once we're done recording this episode. So yeah, it was fine. It was economy. I was comfortable enough with it. It was kind of right about the length I would want to do it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Then for me, I feel like Southwest is Southwest. Every plane they fly is the same 3-3 layout. If you've ever flown an economy before, you know what Southwest looks like. So really not much to say there. They do have like a slightly upgraded amenity set for that flight. Instead of just like peanuts or pretzels, you get like a little basket that has like chips and fruit and some other small things, but it's all, yeah, it's, I wouldn't even call it a meal. Uh, and then flying on Hawaiian first class was also like just a pretty meh experience. It's all the same things you get in economy with a slightly bigger chair and then glass glasses and then silverware instead of plastic silverware, but that's effectively the only difference. So neither of them was particularly amazing or something I'd seek out again. But I also had no problem flying about those. I feel like the theme of the podcast so far today is I have no problem flying economy to Hawaii. It's fine. Unless you're Emily. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. (laughs) This is the first podcast episode with that theme. Anything else has been like, oh, I I would rank it down with the Emirates business class lounge, first class lounge. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. They're scallops. We're not quite tender enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is, this is, hopefully grounding us for for some people yeah i'm marooned on my own island over here it's premium robust for me (laughs) great i guess you are the farthest from hawaii that i guess that makes sense so that was the first takeaway so far two others i want to share with regard to booking flights to hawaii using points and miles the first is get comfortable with partner word bookings i know i mentioned this earlier practicing it but you're probably going to end up doing one of those if you're using points and miles well to go to hawaii and then the second is don't be afraid to reposition You've heard us talk about how there's particular sweet spots to look for out of certain airports or areas of the country. If you don't live in those areas or near those airports, you're probably going to have to reposition, take a flight to get to your origin. And that's okay too. Use it as a chance to spend a couple of days on the West Coast, break up the trip. Doing so is going to really help you get the most value out of your miles to go to Hawaii. 
We're going to talk about hotels here in a minute, but first, I want to open it up to everyone. Anything we missed for flights? Anything else people should know who are interested in going to Hawaii? I mean, Emily has missed all of the flights to Hawaii. Every single one. <laughs> well, I'll catch the next one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Only only one first per couple of podcast episodes. We'd had the first business class flight recently, so we'll come back to that one. I mean, you can you can catch United's worst business class, worst Polaris product from Denver, the two four two. Oh, old okay. school, yeah, yeah, the where they one. like face each other too. Uh, oh, no, no, yeah, <laughs> good times. <laughs> Yeah, they fly also, from Denver. Maybe I'll I stay think, home. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the other routes that I believe are planes that United flies to Hawaii has that old business layout where there's like one business class seat in the middle row, like awkwardly. I think it's like a 212. Yeah. Like a really skinny little row. And, and they're not even herringbone. Like they're just facing straight ahead. It's, it's the most strange cabin I've ever seen. I think they've recently completed the Polaris overhaul on most of their planes. So that may not still be flying. But it might still be, and if so, that sounds just miserable. It's yeah. literally a two-one-two. Oh man, my my first reaction hearing Bryce describe that was I thought it was like their seven-six-seven refresh, where it's one-one-one. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. this but looks it's like Polaris seats. Mm-hmm. When I saw it, it, I was reminded of like elementary school, like when you're like the problem student, the teacher like takes their desk and just puts it way off by itself. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's like, why are you sitting so far apart from everyone else and by yourself? Did you like get in trouble? Like, you know, nope, like you have experience out. with this, Bryce. I didn't but see the sad thing is I was walking past that to go to economy. So like I would have taken that, but even still, it's like, <laughs> oof. and if you are, if you happen to be listening to this podcast while flying on that seat right now, I'm really sorry for having just ruined your flight. <laughs> I'm imagining that that one, one, one layout is like the quick boarding process you've ever seen. Cause you don't have time uh, for anyone. Or is it well, the opposite? No. <laughs> no Nothing here opposite. in the U.S. can ever compare to how quickly they can board an airplane in Asia. The it's biggest a, takeaway I had on one of my flights. Well, that too. Oh, touche. <laughs> well, they boarded an A380 in Seoul when we were there in, I kid you not, 10 minutes. I sat Incredible. down in my seat. I hadn't even like looked at the menu or gotten acquainted with my seat. And I swear we were already pushing back. And I was like for maybe one of the first 10 or 15 people on the plane. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Like, like in Japan, they'll come on and announce like, we're sorry that the flight is delayed. We will be ready to go in seven minutes. And they like won't <laughs> delay it further. It will, be, it will be seven minutes and they start the boarding on time. Sometimes I, I ask myself, do they intentionally like set it longer and just pick an odd number so that way they look that good? Yeah, maybe. The, they might. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a good idea. Anyway, so that's flights to Hawaii. And another kind of general takeaway from that is they're, they're not as good as you might think because it's treated as domestic flight. We're, we're sitting here kind of complaining about aircraft types and stuff, but we're going to talk about hotels next. And I feel like hotels are the flip side of that. Hotels in Hawaii can be absolutely incredible, but they're still kind of uh, familiar brands with easy to use points, relatively easy to book for award availability unless you're traveling between Christmas and New Year's. So hotels are really a shining part of Hawaii. So let's talk about booking those. Let's talk about how to search for availability. In general, searching for it is less complicated uh, than searching for flights because there's a lot more hotel rooms and there are flight se- or seats on a plane, generally pretty wide open for most non-holiday or super prime season travel. So you want to be aware of when you're going, type of room that you're looking to book, but overall very doable for most folks in points and miles. Now, for those of you here who have been to Hawaii before and stayed in a hotel, where did you stay? How did you book it? And we were doing this to pitch it so that Emily can decide where to stay on her next trip. And Emily, be thinking, because I want to hear where you want to stay when we get to you. But Matt, why don't you kick us off? So my favorite hotel to stay at in Hawaii that we've stayed every single time is Mauna Kea Beach Resort. It's a Marriott autograph collection up on the northwest coast of the Big Island. It's beautiful. I think it was the first resort built on the Big Island back in the 60s. Lawrence Rockefeller designed it. Like It's it's pretty cool. The first time we went in 2019, throwback for you, I booked it with SBG points. Everybody, moment of silence for SBG. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My, uh, we did a nights and flights package or hotel and air package. I can't remember what they called, but this was when SPG and Marriott had started the merger. So I transferred 130,000 SPG points to Marriott, one to three. I had 390,000 Marriott points. I booked a category nine Marriott hotel and air package, which was good for a seven night stay at a category nine Marriott. This has all since changed since the merger. And it was good for uh, also included 120,000 airline miles to so the airline of my choice. So I trans I had those credit to American Airlines, which covered our two 
first class tickets out there. So that was pretty good uh, redemption then. Second time in 21, I used five of those 50K free night certificates that came with the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card in late 2020, I think is when that offer was running. Ashley, my wife, actually got that card. So we applied. Uh, we did <laughs> two reservations. I did one night for me to start the reservation with a 50K free night certificate that I think I just had. And then five nights from hers. Then I worked with the concierge to combine the, re- the reservations or link them so we didn't have to check out of our rooms. And then that also meant we got all of my elite benefits, which was nice. We got breakfast, upgrade, all that stuff for the whole stay, not just for my one night. So that was a fun little trick. And then the last time we went last year, we paid 60,000 Marriott points per night with fifth night free. We went for seven nights. So I think it was 360, yeah, 360,000 Marriott points. Every time it's gone up in a category. Uh, so it started at, I think, five. Second time it was a six. And then now it's a seven slash eight, I think. So anyways, most of the prices are 85 to 100K per night. So that's also why I keep saying, yeah, we're probably not going to go back just because that's a lot of points for one night. And there's some other options in the area, but like really like that hotel. I don't know. We'll see. If I get lucky on, on maybe find Summit in the 60s, or, or I guess it would be 70, I might consider it, but I don't know. So yeah, that's Mount Akea. We've also stayed at Grand Hyatt Kauai. We stayed for 25000 a night for probably four nights, maybe five nights. I can't quite remember. Uh, we did do a guest of honor booking for that, which worked out really well. And then we've also stayed at the Four Seasons in Koalina, which I highly recommend. It's a, yes, it's a Four Seasons, so it's nice, but it's also a more approachable Four Seasons price than some other ones. Like some of the other ones on the islands are two or $3,000 a night entry price. This one was, I want to say like 600 bucks a night. So not cheap, but also very reachable in terms of like Four Seasons pricing. So I guess you could, in theory, book that through a, through a portal for, you know, all your points, 40 to <laughs> yeah, 60,000 right. points per night, which yeah, really is the program. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's reachable. I booked through our luxury hotel program. So I got upgrade, free breakfast, resort credits, all that kind of stuff, which worked out really nice. But yes, you can do most travel portals potentially, or I would suggest booking through a, a travel program so you get extra benefits. Not just any travel program, our travel program. Well, details are on the correct. website. But <laughs> <Correct>. Yeah. <laughs> Let Any us get more. you those extra bennies. Extra bennies. Travis, how about you? Tell us about your Hawaiian hotel experiences. All right, Emily, I've got one word for you. Penguins. <laughs> I was reading that in the outline and I was so confused. <laughs> Penguins. But I'm, I'm ready to hear about the penguins. That's my pitch. Nothing Matt said matters. I've got penguins. So I haven't stayed at 800 different hotels in Hawaii. I've stayed at I've one. only stayed at three. Just multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) I've stayed at the Hyatt Regency Maui. At the time, it was only 20,000 world of Hyatt points a night. Now it's unfortunately gone up uh, to a category seven. So depending on the pricing, it's 25, 30 or 35,000 points per night for a standard room. Wouldn't hesitate to pay those. They're definitely properties where you're paying that many points where it's a nicer property. But the vibes there were just great. They've got penguins on site, just kind of walking around in the little penguin area. Multiple buildings, which sometimes comes with its drawbacks, but it never felt super, super busy. Granted, I was there in, I think, late July. So it was still like summer travel time. It's a little farther away from the main areas of Maui. It's up in, I think, La Haina, if I'm remembering correctly, which is a farther drive than it looks, by the way. It's like an hour and a half drive from from the airport. That's really important if you do want to go down into kind of the main area of Maui more or do the road to Hana, which we did both of. Just be prepared for that. But there's La Hyena there, small town, a few little charming little restaurants. The hotel has a lot to offer. We did an astronomy night. So we went on the rooftop and they had telescopes set up to like look at stars and the moon, which was cool. The pools were good. The food, food was good. Overall, we really enjoyed it. The The beach was a little rough. I mean, it's the Pacific Ocean. So the water in the Pacific is always pretty rough, but we had a good time. I Like I said, I wouldn't hesitate to go back. You if you don't want of the penguins. Just for the penguins. Yeah. If you don't want rough water, you can go stay at Mauna Kea. Oh. Very, very approachable beach. 
white sand, clear blue water, natural lagoon, but they've kind of uh, made it out a little bit. I feel and like I'm one of the sharks on Shark Tank right now. I'm yeah. judging. <laughs> you have Who's to decide now. Oh, I'm rescinding my offer. Mine's Hyatt points, not 100,000 Marriott points, but uh, make Matt choose between there or Turks and Caicos. Oh, I think I think know how that's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, for me, I stayed the first time there for my honeymoon. We stayed at the Andaz Maui. It had actually just opened like six months prior, beautiful property. It was very easy to book with wide open availability. I think it was 25,000 Hyatt points per night because that was the top category at the time. That has changed. I think it's 35,000 per night, depending on when you go. And availability there is notoriously tough now. A lot of times you'll have to search for five or more nights just to see any standard award availability. And you can pretty much forget about getting in there for peak travel times, holiday times. It's unfortunate, but that's kind of just how that went. If you do happen to get in there, it's a fantastic property. They have shuttles that can take you anywhere on the island. So if you want to you know, go out to dinner, you just walk down to the concierge. Like, hey, come around in your, and I think it was a, like a black Cadillac, like one of those giant SUVs, take you anywhere on the island, totally free. So we love that. The beach is great. Multiple infinity pools, amazing food. Yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to go back. And then our last time there in 2020, we were at the, the Grand Hyatt in Kauai, which is maybe the most popular points hotel that I see our readers book. Like I see it happen so often in, in talking with readers. And actually when I was there, I saw like four different parties of readers. So you're going to run into other points people if you're at a, a Hyatt in Hawaii. But we, we booked club level access. And I think it was like 28,000 points per night. The club there was pretty mediocre. Not going to lie. I don't know if they've changed it up since, but it was. Nope. 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 They yeah, it, it's probably not, more mediocre. Yeah, it, it just needs a refresh. It needs it bad. It's very like 1992. Does, honestly, yeah, well, and they're, and they're doing that. So Grant, the Grand Hyatt in Kauai, most people love it because of the actual property. Like the rooms are not going to blow you away. When I was there, they were in the process of renovating them. Like the new renovations are, they're okay. It's like most other, like, you know, mid-tier hotels you say that, but the ones that aren't renovated, those are, those are rough. So if you're going, make sure you try to get a renovated room. But do know like the, the appeal of that is that it's just such a gorgeous property. They have many different pools. They have a, a natural lagoon that was also kind of slightly man-made to be a perfect place to swim with kids. The beach itself is, is okay, but there's some fantastic hiking right around there too. You can go straight from your hotel room and, and do these beautiful cliffside hikes overlooking the ocean. It's super easy to book with points and miles, almost wide open availability about whenever you want to go. It's a massive hotel. I, I would return there in a moment as well. They also have a kids club, by the way, which is pretty rare to see in domestic uh, hotels in the United States. Anyway, we use that. So outside of where we stayed before, let's chat through some other hotel options you could book. All right, wait, no, sorry. We forgot. Emily. <laughs> sharks. Uh, where, where would you want to stay? Did Yeah. And why is sharks, it penguins? Sharks love the taste of penguins. Oh, that, <laughs> this is true. Wow. I'm not totally confident in my decision. I mean, it's hard to argue with Matt staying somewhere three times. When you go back, I, don't I haven't even told you about the reason. manta rays yet. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Would you like to level up? <laughs> they, they literally swim right at the, at the, on the beach. They have a couple spotlights set up in the water. So every night the manta rays come in and feed on all the plankton that is generated from the spotlights. And you don't even have to go out in the ocean. They have built onto the, the side, just a thing. You can literally go stand right over and watch them. If I, I'm pretty sure I have photos of it. I'll post it here on the video. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 but here's the thing. Right. And here's why you should, you should trust me more than Matt, because if you learn how to scuba dive, then you can do that manta ray night experience under the water with them swimming around you. Yeah. Which in the shark's house. Than, which is way cooler than standing on a boat. Didn't in the you shark's just say house. sharks like to eat seals or penguins? penguins? Sorry. We're talking manta rays now, Bryce. Get caught uh, up. It's a good thing that in the dark underwater, we don't look like penguins at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yep. Nothing yeah. good happens in the ocean at night. Let me tell you, you don't have to get in. You can have a nice dinner at the hotel, walk, have a couple drinks, walk down, have a nice little nightcap with some manta rays feeding, walk back to your room. Oh, did I mention there's only about 100 rooms at the hotel? So it's got a nice boutique-esque feel. Mm, I'm telling you, top notch. I'll go with Matt for, for the time being. Let's go. But... <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm off. I would go with Matt too. I'll, I'll leave any of the places I went. That sounds amazing. As long as I don't get eaten by a shark. Yeah. So personal experiences aside, let's talk about hotel options in Hawaii that we might not have stayed at, covering some of the major brands and points that people have to, to use. 
Let's go brand by brand. Uh, you tell us, I'm going to go around the horn here in a minute. Tell us a bit about the hotels you choose, cost per night, any exciting features to be aware of, perks like a fifth night free, resort fees, et cetera. Matt, we're going to start with you. We already know you're going to choose Marriott. Uh, Marriott, Matt here. Tell us about <laughs> your Marriott options in Hawaii. It's Marriott has a huge footprint in Hawaii. And as you know, all, all word stays get fifth night free on points. Um, so you know, keep that in mind when you're you're booking and stuff. You definitely don't want to book a four night or a eight night or you know just every every five nights you book you you'll get that fifth one free. So especially because you're probably not going to go to Hawaii for four or five nights. Maybe from the uh, west coast, but definitely not middle or east coast. So yeah, a huge footprint in Hawaii. As best I could tell, there was probably fifty plus properties kind of scattered across the islands. It might even be more. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But I think on the high end, you got properties like the Ritz-Carlton Kapalua on Maui. It's definitely up there in terms of luxury on points. Uh, luxury comes at a price. You're probably looking at 100K Marriott points per night for most of the calendar year. You might be able to get lucky and get some in the 90s, but but you're definitely going to pay for it. And downside to Ritz-Carlton is you get limited Marriott elite benefit recognition. So if that's big to you, upgrades, your breakfast, all that kind of stuff, that's just a, a sort of a random component of, of Marriott in terms of uh, their loyalty program and, and benefits at Ritz-Carlton. I think one of the best options is the Westin Hapuna on the Big Island. It's the sister property to the Mauna Kea. Note that. Yep. 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 I just opened uh, it in a tab. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically the next bay over from Mauna Kea. They're in technically kind of the same bigger resort area, but they're, they are separate properties. They run a shuttle in between the two, so you can kind of experience the facilities and such at both restaurants and get shuttled back and forth, which is super nice. But it's forty to 60,000 points per night, so much more approachable, um, especially when you factor in the first night uh, free, uh, fifth night free, excuse me. Also, another awesome beach, but with it being in that forty to 60K range, free night certificates come in play here from most of the co-branded cards. Uh, you can even top those off now with an extra 15,000 points on top. So much more approachable option. And in, in I think it's a really good family option as well you should consider. Uh, a couple other properties, none that I have firsthand experience with, but Colina Beach Club looks great. Again, it's also priced at 40 to 60K per night. So free night certificates can come into play here. This one, also the rooms, a lot of them, it's a uh, Marriott vacation club. So the rooms kind of feel a little bit more like apartments than hotel rooms. So it could, could be uh, a nice, attractive feature for some folks. A couple other ones, Sheridan Kauai was a good one. And the Koloa Landing Resort, also autograph collection. These are both on Poipu Beach in Kauai, which is pretty famous uh, or and popular. So just a couple to kind of consider. Using Marriott points for Hawaii hotels has got to be one of your best like general options for Marriott points, in my opinion. If you can get them reasonably priced. They, I mean, 100K plus a night, it's going to be a tough sell for a lot of people. Not everybody, but a lot of people. But yeah, if you can get some of these in the 35 to 60K point per night range, I think you're doing really, really well there. Agreed. Travis, can you tell us about Hilton options in Hawaii? Yeah, give me a second. I'm just scrolling through all of these Marriott ones, trying to figure out which one to stay at. Here we go. Travis is currently booking <laughs> one. <go>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. Well, I've got I've got some 50K certs from, from a, a card offer, so... But outside of that, I'll add that the Sheraton looks like it's actually been updated maybe during COVID. It used to look, the, the one in uh, Kauai, it used to look kind of a little dated. Looks a bit nicer now, so. Nice. Well, of course, there's so many other ones I didn't even mention. Yeah. But, you know, you had to pick just a select few. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I picked less. I did Hilton. If I haven't made it clear, I'm a big proponent of Hilton. think that it's often overlooked in the points and miles space, especially for transferring points to people look at the 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 points cost of 50,000 points a night or 95,000 points a night and and just kind of balk but I'm I'm going to show you why why that's wrong. So there's quite a lot of Hilton properties similar to Marriott. I'm pretty sure Marriott has a lot more but a lot in the 50 to 60,000 point per night range. I can't personally vouch for any of them. I've only stayed with the Penguins. But uh, there's the Hawaiian Village Waikiki Beach, which usually is about 60,000 points a night if you're wanting to be in Waikiki, if you're wanting to have that uh, Vegas and Hawaii experience that Bryce is, has such strong, fond memories of. Probably their most nicest property in Hawaii is the Grand Wailea, a Waldorf Astoria in Maui. I mean, you'll find celebrities there sometimes. It's not uncommon to hear, hear reports of 
famous people staying there. It's a pretty big resort, but from everything I read in here, it looks pretty nice. Another property is the Waikoloa Village on the Big Island. Again, haven't stayed there myself, but similarly looks nice in that fifty to 60,000 point per, per night range. Just a few miles away from Mauna Kea. Oh, that's that's <laughs> I've uh, been to it. I haven't stayed at it, but I've been to it. It's uh, a it's a it's a megalodon resort. It's, yeah, yeah. They have a like a train situation or a shuttle that goes in oh, between buildings. Wow. Yeah, oh, it's that's mega big. mega. Yes, kind of, kind <laughs> of. Isn't, isn't that where they filmed uh, White Lotus? No, at the uh, was, the Waldorf Astoria. No, I think that was a Four Seasons. But on, oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. On um, I forget which island it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't it, remember. Suddenly became very popular after that show came out. But yeah, sorry, not a surprise. But yeah, so even though like we're talking the fifty to sixty thousand point per night range, even the ninety five thousand for the Grand Wailea, Amex points transferred one to two. So for every thousand Amex points you transfer, you get two thousand Hilton points. So realistically, you can cut those prices in half. So really, they're twenty five to thirty thousand points per night. The Grand Wailea, that's forty seven thousand five hundred. That's not that bad. Especially if you do five nights, Hilton does fifth night free, just like Marriott. Uh, so I haven't done that math in my head, but that would even bring the Grand Wailea down to like the high thirties, if point, high thirty thousand points per night to stay there if you're transferring Amex points and you're doing five nights. So yeah, there's some caveats, there's some disclaimers here, but I think it's important to put it into perspective how stacking the higher transfer rate plus the fifth night free really does bring this high-end luxury property into the real realm of possibility especially for a hotel where nights are routinely like a thousand dollars a night and more and you didn't even mention that hilton often has or amex often has transfer bonuses to hilton nope the highest i I think i think the highest we saw was one to 2.8 or something i think Uh, they've done one to three before have they oh gosh that makes that math even more attractive yeah it becomes cheaper than than hyatt and like hyatt is kind of the gold standard chase transfers one-to-one emily i'll talk more about that and i know she hasn't gotten much time to talk because she hasn't been so i don't want (laughs) to steal her thunder here but it it really is like and those come up pretty frequently um, those transfer bonuses come up pretty frequently. I always miss them. I always transfer points and then the transfer bonus pops up the next day. So just pay attention to me. If I've booked a trip, know that there's about to be a transfer bonus. I think but, we should uh, link the article we have about this in the in the show notes. I think yeah. that was a pretty popular one or surprising one for people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's way too overlooked. Like, yes, Hilton points directly are not that individually valuable. But once you consider what you're getting the value for transferring Amex points to Hilton, it it's very compelling. Yeah. Fantastic. Emily, can you tell us about some Hyatt options in Hawaii? I sure can. So again, can't bat for any of these. Never been there, but they look fine. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> so one of them, uh, Hyatt, is, as Travis has kind of mentioned, is kind of the golden child of transferring your points chase uh, usually the the nightly rates are pretty reasonable especially for the higher category hotels but one of the lower end ones that I started with was the Hyatt place Waikiki Beach which uh, for a standard room can go for 12,000 points night which for staying in a in a tropical vacation area is be good um, it's not going to be the best place you've ever stayed in your life but it'll get the job done I think the cash price is usually around like $300 or $350 a night. There's a pool. Some of the rooms on higher floors have have views of the ocean, it looks like. So you'll definitely be in kind of like the scene area that, that Bryce has been talking about. <laughs> but there's a zoo. There's an aquarium. Maybe if you've got kids, they want to do that. I don't have kids yet, so I don't I don't know. Can't vouch. <laughs> but that was the, the kind of like more lower end Hyatt that I had looked into. And then the other one was Andaz Maui, which Bryce has already kind of talked about a little bit. It ranges from 35 to 45,000 points per night, depending on whether you're in high season, off peak or, or on peak, but it looked expansive, very luxurious. I think there was a sandbox in the lobby that I saw in the photos. So that's something that looked fun. Um, it sounds from Bryce's description that it's pretty hard to find availability there. I think when I was researching for this, I found a couple of nights in, in April next year. So if you're looking for that, go ahead, run. I won't book it. 
I'll let you guys get to it first. <laughs> but usually the price for, for a room or a standard room is, I think, around like $1,500 a night. So you're getting a pretty good cents per point rate at that if you can book it at an off-peak rate for 35,000 points. But those are two of them that that I think would be a... It's a nice parallel. Hyatt Place or luxurious 15-acre property. Those are your choices. <laughs> <laughs> and then booking booking awards stays the Hyatt. Do you get any particular like special perks or things to be aware of? So Hyatt doesn't do the fifth night free like the up two, like Hilton and, and Marriott, but they do waive resort fees when you use your points. So depending on the type of hotel that you're staying at, they could be $50 a day. So if you're staying for eight to 10 nights, that definitely adds up quickly and getting those waived is a nice perk. And if you are elite, you can get parking waived. I think, I think Hyatt is the only one that does that. And let me tell you, par- parking in Hawaii is expensive. I think most hotels are like 40 or 50 bucks a night. So that's, a, that's is. Yep. yeah, that's a, that's a really big cost savings. If you can do that, I will tell you Mount K is only 25. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I know. I hope that maybe I'm pushing for a free there. stay. I don't know. There we go. We'll have to go back and add a sponsor yeah. disclaimer, even though it feels like we are, it's already there, but. They're, all love they're, to Montekea. They're wondering what else you could say. You're already giving so much free marketing. I haven't even, I haven't even gotten true. to the good part. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, well, I, I, I'm curious now. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up the hotel part by talking about IHG, probably the weakest of the major points programs in Hawaii. They only have two options at the moment. They're both Holiday Inn Expresses. One's in Waikiki, just kind of like right in the middle of everything. I have not personally been to that property, but it, it looks like every Holiday Inn Express you've ever seen in your life. You kind of know what you're going to get there. Uh, the other one's in Kona. They were going for about 34,000 points per night. The cash rate's only about $300 in cash. Really, the only way that I would envision uh, most folks using these is, is on either end of a trip. Like, you know, we mentioned that a lot of flights to Hawaii will go through Honolulu. If you have like an overnight or to reposition there on the way out, that could be a great option to use for the night before the flight or as soon as you arrive. Or I guess if you just want to stretch your points and maybe go as far as possible. IHG points, relatively easy to earn. Their card bonuses are typically in like the 90 to 140,000 point range. You can also transfer points one-to-one from Chase to top off as needed. But in general, IHG, not a great option for Hawaii. IHG in terms of perks for award stays, I believe it's fourth night free for card holders and any of the cards work, including their no fee ones. So if you're considering going there and you have a lengthy stay, that might be one more reason to consider picking up one of those cards. Get yourself a free night. But I would rather be in Monte Kea as Matt would say, is about to say. <laughs> Anything else on Hawaii hotels before we kind of move on? No. Not okay. for me. They're great. So I'll now have to kind report of, back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I'll say something. I'll say something. Yeah, go for it. Every time I look at Hawaii, I do kind of have the problem of kind of a lot of hotels, the rooms like don't look the fanciest, don't look the nicest. And it kind of feels like, why am I? You know, it, is this what I want? But keep in mind, Hawaii is not a destination where your room is anything more than a place to sleep. You know, yeah, you might be spending a lot of time on the resort, but if you don't get out and explore some there, like that's what's so amazing is getting out into the the different areas. So don't be dissuaded if the 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 pictures aren't. Oh well, you know this this doesn't look like the most luxurious because I promise you, I I had those thoughts about the Hyatt Regency before staying there. Other than the penguins, I was super excited about the penguins. But beyond that, I was like, Oh, the rooms don't look like all that great. Once you get there, like they'll be fine. They're adequate. They get the job done. Yeah. There are some really nice resorts with some really nice and incredible rooms. But if you're not staying there, don't feel like you're missing out because the Hawaii experience isn't the room experience. Retweet. Agreed. So now that we've pieced together a trip to Hawaii, we'll kind of talk about it as a whole, which I guess Travis sort of kicked us off on this one. On the low end of the budget spectrum, you stay at the Hyatt Place, Waikiki Beach for four nights and 48,000 Hyatt points. You fly round trip on United using 15,000 Turkish miles and smiles points. I love saying that. There's a four-day solo trip for that, or that would be in total a four-day solo trip to Hawaii for a total of 63,000 points, which is about the amount of points you get from signing up from most credit cards. So you could also splurge on a Hawaiian vacation by choosing to fly business class and stay at a more luxurious Matt-approved resort. But the point here is to show you that a trip to Hawaii is incredibly attainable. You have options to go 
you know, a budget trip, you have options to go super high end. There's just dozens and dozens of different hotels and flights you can take there with points and miles. It is very, very doable if this is something that is on your radar. So, and could be potentially done by earning bonus from just one or two cards, especially if you have multiple people, player one, player two in the household who are contributing to earning points and miles. So you still have to learn the skill of award searching in order to get the most value out of these points. But as I mentioned earlier, Hawaii is kind of the perfect test place to learn that skill. And hopefully our previous episodes of this podcast give you an idea of just how valuable those points and miles can be once you wrap that up. So to close things out, here's your bi-weekly reminder that between our free course, this podcast, and our website, you have all the information you need to book yourself on a trip like this to Hawaii or anywhere else in the world that you'd like to travel. Our goal here is to educate and support you so that eventually we'll see you make a post in our Facebook group recapping your own incredible trip to Hawaii with all the details about how you booked it and pictures of the penguins if you saw them. If you're struggling to figure out where to start with your vacation planning, even after this podcast, I'd encourage you to jump over into our Facebook group, 10X Travel Insiders, and just search for Hawaii. This has been done by many readers many times, plenty of blueprints that you can follow uh, and inspiration to incorporate into your trip. We also have an article series on our website, 10 called Best Ways where you can find a lot of content about the best ways to fly to a specific destination, including Hawaii. If you're still stumped or you just want someone to take the flight searching burden off your plate, you can feel free to reach out to our award booking team who will help you hunt down the specific and perfect award flights for you. You can also personally reach out and call Matt at phone number. Wait, oh no, yeah, we're gonna skip that part. <laughs> no, but you can read my review of Mount Kay on 10 xtravelcom This is true, yeah. <laughs> a couple years old now, but it's still applicable. Still amazing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Shout out to the likes again. Like, like, like. Enjoy your drinks. We will see you again next time. Bye now.